You're listening to Gearing Up, an everyday carry podcast, a show that's all about connecting the everyday carry community. If you're into knives, gear, and hearing from other EDC nerds, this is the show for you. Subscribe for new episodes each week and follow Gearing Up Podcast on Instagram to stay up to date on upcoming shows. Gearing Up is sponsored by Nutsack Bags. If you're in the market for a new bag or a satchel or a sling or a pouch, check them out. They've got some amazing stuff. Everything's made in the U.S. Everything comes with a lifetime guarantee. I promise you won't be disappointed. Just go visit Nutsack.com and see everything they have to offer. And thanks again to Nutsack for sponsoring the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gearing Up. This is the Everyday Carry podcast where we talk about everyday carry stuff you guys know today's no exception. Whew, man. I feel like it's been a minute since I've said that. Mostly because it kind of has. Last week's episode was kind of a repurpose from an IG Live. Oh, So it's, just so you guys know when you're hearing this. Hello, future Greg, when you're editing. this I'm recording this on a Friday afternoon. I have had easily, like the busiest week week and a half to two weeks that I've experienced in a long time and it just with the day job and it's it's been awesome like I love it I love the job I love the challenge I love the busyness it's like I'm mispronouncing business no 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 I like being busy (laughs) busy (laughs) can you guys tell that I'm a little a little tired So, just some context. The last job I had, I was pretty well left alone. I could kind of do my own thing and make my own decisions. That comes with blessings and curses. And the curse was that I got to a point in my job where I was, I had kind of figured all the processes out, all the questions that were going to be asked, I was answering uh, before they were asked, and you know, I kind of figured out the status quo and, and, and done it. not that I was doing kind of the bare minimum, but I was doing my job and I was doing it well, but there wasn't a lot of guidance or input from the team. And so all this to say in this new job, it's sort of the polar opposite. Like it is, it's coming from all angles and it's a lot. And I'm, I'm doing things that I've never had to do before. Uh, never knew I wanted to do before but I'm thoroughly enjoying them. It's just, I can tell I'm enjoying it because there have been times where I don't want to stop working because I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And to me, that's such a good sign. (laughs) So like last night I was so like into it. I worked pretty much when our youngest went to bed I don't know, from like I jumped back on from like, I don't know, 7.30 to 9.30 or 10 because I just was enjoying it and I wanted to see it through. And so it was great. But all that being said, my brain is just not accustomed to that. And because of it, by the time the day wraps up, I usually try to end my like working day between 4.30 and 5.00. And the reason I say between 4.30, I try to give myself a little buffer between closing down work and the kids coming home. Because if I can give myself even like 15 minutes, then the world is a better place. So I haven't been able to do that recently. And so it's been, you know, I hear the garage door opening, wife and kids are home. I shut down as quickly as I can, sometimes even a little bit after they walk in, but... I shut down and, and the attention goes there, what what little attention I have left. And, you know, we go through the evening routine, we do bed, we do bath, uh, or we do bath, we do bed. <laughs> Again, tired. Then when the kids get to bed, it's, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I just want to lay down and play some Switch or watch some YouTube and not do anything productive. And, and that's on nights when I can allow myself to do that. Most nights I don't allow myself to do that. I pick up my iPad and get back to work, whether it's work, work or this work or whatever it may be. I guess what I'm trying to say is 
I have been so tied up and so busy during the day and so just hyper-focused on, on work and trying to do a good job. And um, I'm juggling a lot at work, and that's why it's it's difficult right now. Is there's just a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. And I, I, and I spoke with my boss today. I'm doing a good job. He's, he's happy with what he sees. But it's that thing where, like, when I shut down and get the kids to bed, I haven't had the time or the energy to create. And, I you know, that's a big piece of this. And, you know, you, so like lately on the weekends, sometimes I'll post random stuff, but I don't take time out when the family's around to create stuff. It's just not, it's not conducive. You know, the environment does not lend itself to, to creating. And so the habit I had gotten into was sort of just creating content throughout the day as I find like separation in what I'm doing at work. And I haven't had those gaps and those gaps were really necessary. And now I've gotten to a point where I miss making content. I say miss. It's been like a week and a half. Like I'm anyways, I think you guys know what I mean. (laughs) And I, I fully sat down to record with the intent of like, I need to talk and I need to do something. I need to put something out there. So that's what this is. But what I've what I've kind of realized, just hindsight, the last, you know, 10 days, 14 days, whatever it is, like having those little separations in the day between like a good hour, two hours of solid work, quick little 10 minute reels break, and then back to it has like I need those to keep functioning. So my goal for for the upcoming week and the next couple of weeks is to to purposely carve out even if it's just 10 to 15 minutes, um, like twice a day to, to give myself back something. And, and, and it's just because I know that kind of stuff energizes me and, and I enjoy it. And so I don't know, I'm, I'm tossing around a bunch of ideas in my brain and, and thinking about like, Hey, maybe I carve out 20 minutes and I do like a short 15 minute podcast episode or something. I, I don't I don't know what that looks like, but that's what's been going on in my brain. And here we are, like six to seven minutes, eight minutes in, and I'm still rambling. <laughs> you guys are here to listen to an episode that you read read the title and thought, hey, I need to go listen to that. At least I hope that's the case. So let's jump into the actual topic for that's a life update for you guys. And <laughs> as much as it as much as as much as I love sitting down and hitting record, I have really enjoyed my last like two weeks. Like it's been really fulfilling. Like I feel like I'm finding my rhythm and I'm I'm not just not just that I'm being talked to, like I'm not the new guy anymore, but I'm also finding my place to not sound like the new guy anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's it's cool. It's a cool place to be. And what else is good before we jump into the, I know I said, and now I'm back and this is just where this is how it works. You got to deal with it. I don't think I really have any other fun updates, but I did enjoy doing the live last week. So if you were, if you had the chance to get on and listen to the live, let me know if it's something you like and I should do more of, um, definitely want to try to incorporate some more video for stuff like that, because there's such an element of show and tell that I, I, I miss being behind a microphone and, and not behind a camera. So, or in front of a camera. Yeah. You guys know what I mean. So let's talk about today's topic after that giant preamble of how's Greg doing? I want to talk about, oh my God, one more random side story. I'm so sorry. Don't hate me. They're building a house across the street. So we, when we bought this house, how many ever year, two, three years ago, three or four years ago at this point, I think we kind of got the, like the second to last lot. We got the last lot that was available. This street is an older, like established street. Not that the houses are old, but like the houses have been here for a little while and like the trees are all grown up and there was just this one lot. I guess somebody decided to sell randomly 
and we happened to get it. And there's a lot, there's a couple of lots across the street from us now. One of them, the owner lives in the house that's next to it, and they're not going to sell it. But the lot next to that was owned by, I think, the house on the other side of the lot, and they decided to sell. So long story short, they're building a house across the street. And it's funny because they're building houses throughout this neighborhood, and people complain on the Facebook group about the house building and the noise and the nails in their tire and this and that. And it's, 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 we've kind of always been like, Oh my God, like get over it. And not that I'm complaining, but I can, I can turn my head just slightly and look towards the front of the house and I can see out of the front bedroom window and I can see this new house. Like that's how direct it is to us. And number one, they're building it super fast. Like, holy crap, we went from sand and foundation to they're doing siding and the roof right now. Like, it's super quick. Uh, But it also has been a little distracting. Like, for someone that works from home and suffers from uh, attention uh, problems and, and, uh, you know, things like that, it's it's distracting. So, uh, needless to say, I've been leaning into lo-fi and uh, really enjoying just having some, some... background music but now that that little aside is out of the way (laughs) I'm cracking myself up in this episode because I keep going all over the place we're going to talk about really great tiny small EDC I won't say tiny they're not all tiny we're going to talk about five to six maybe seven really probably seven really great small EDC blades. Now, the reason I did this episode is I made an episode a few weeks back about my predictions or my prediction for 2023. And that was that this year is going to be the year of the small knife. Small knives have always been a thing, but I think this year they're really going to shine. And I want to walk you through some prime examples. Now, you guys know, before we get into the five or six or seven that I'm going to talk about, I, I want to preface this by saying there, I'm, the McBee is not on this top list. You guys know it's my favorite knife of all time. I absolutely love it. And I typically stick with smaller blades. There's reasons behind all of that. Like There's a reason why I love the McBee. Not just that it's a small knife. I love the maker. I love the story behind it. I love the journey that I went through to really appreciate it. And it's just a cool knife, right? But small blades for me have always, there have been a few reasons, and I think I've mentioned these before, so feel free to skip ahead a minute or two, but I carry small knives for a handful of reasons, small handful. Number one, I live in Texas, and 13 months out of the year, it is super hot here, and so I don't like a lot of bulk in the gear that I carry, so I try to keep it pretty minimal. And I try to condense and compact and uh, pair up and, you know, slips and sleeves and pouches and all of that as much as I can. And I want to keep that footprint small. And so that's where small knives come in handy. Plus, from a practicality standpoint, like, I just don't need a three to four inch blade. I just don't. You might perfectly fine. Me, negative. I open mail envelopes. I open packages, tape, you know, um, and hell, even Amazon, like Amazon, 95% of the packages I get from Amazon have the little pull tab, make it easy. I always hate that I notice it after I've taken out the knife. Uh, I don't hate it. I still take out the knife anyways. But point being, like, from a utility standpoint, like, I don't need a big knife. I don't need a big bulk, you know, bulky blade and and uh, all of that. And... Uh, you know, one of the things that I think people not necessarily forget about, I don't, forget's not the right word. Let me rephrase. One of the things that comes up when I talk about small knives or when I show someone a small knife, how do you use this? It's so tiny. And, and to someone that's not a knife person, they're just thinking, how do you use it? For someone that is a knife person, the word that comes to mind is ergos and, you know, form factor. And I I think for me, it just comes down to like muscle memory, like what you're used to. If you get re so one of the knives I'm going to talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll 
get into that. But like when I first got it, it was not the easiest to open. I hadn't figured it out. And then when I did, it's great. It's super fidgety. And I just recently watched uh, Taylor Martin's recent video, Best Damn EDC, on liner locks versus frame locks. And he mentioned the Umnumzan, if I'm saying that right, the CRK that's really popular. Like he was talking about how it's kind of like hard to open. And, and the way I'm relating this is like, it's it's one of those knives where until you kind of figure out how to hold it and figure out how to open it, it can seem uncomfortable or different or difficult. But once you know, then you kind of get a feel for it and your hand gets used to it, then it's fine. And that's how all of these knives are. They're different. The only thing that's similar with all of these is that they are three inch or shorter blades. Most of them are shorter or much shorter, but they're small knives. Now the ergos are not, no, this is not something you would want to use as a like work knife. I wouldn't suggest any of these for super heavy, repeated, long duration use because that's, I don't think that's what they're designed for. And I just don't think that that's practical. If I'm going, if I know I'm working out in the garage or working on a project around the house, I'm going to pick up the drop bear or I'm going to pick up the lander knives that I know have a good grip and have enough size for heavier cutting tasks because I'm not opening packages at that point. Right. Um, and I think that's part of like just knowing to use the right tool. But, um, in addition to that, like, you know, ergos and, and lightweight, keeping it simple. I just, some of like some of the small knives are so fun and fidgety. Like the McBee without jimping is not near as good as the McBee with jimping. But when you have jimping along the spine of the McBee, it's super fidgety. And again, the, the, the idea just goes back to like, it's what you get used to. I was talking with uh, Sam, Raven the Pirate. And we had this this conversation and he was talking about ergos and and fidgeting and, and it's more comfortable to fidget with a larger knife. And I thought, well... Yeah, I mean, if I sat at my desk and I just used the drop bear, I'd kind of get accustomed to that. I do think it's much easier to, like, figure out a sweet spot on a larger knife and kind of there is something satisfying about the weight of a larger knife opening properly and and, uh, all of those things. But what it really comes down to for me is just pocketability and and, and ease of, of carrying. Like, they're just small, they're simple, they're light, they're functional. It's fine. Here we are almost 20 minutes. And I haven't even talked about a specific... Well, I talked about the McBee. Bear with me, guys. So let's jump into the list of knives. Now, quick word. I did have a couple of folks send over some knives. So I'm going to be giving uh, one of these away, which is really cool. Um, maybe two. I got to figure that out. We'll see. I may save one for later. But there's a really great company I'm a huge fan of. I've talked about them on the show before. I've had their products in the past, and that is CRKT. And CRKT sent me over a few knives to check out to talk about. When I, re- I reached out and I said, hey, I'm doing an episode, and I want to talk about these knives. Hey, sure, we'll, we'll send them to you. Check them out. Uh, so I, I, I didn't know what order to put these in. And I, I, I wasn't going to do like a smallest to largest because that's weird because they're all small. But you guys bear with me. I'm just going to go in the order that they're sitting here on my desk. And we'll go from there. So the first knife up in the seven small EDC blades worth checking out. And I genuinely, let me, okay, let me rewind. One thing that I've got to say. I genuinely believe that all of these are worth checking out 100%. You have to know what you prefer, right? So I can't just say, hey, everyone should go buy these right now. If you're not into small knives, you're probably not going to like most of these. If you're looking for a small knife and and you're, you're wondering, does it have this or that feature? There's There may be one in here for you. So I've got to preface this by saying, like, I'm not, I'm not saying... These are for everyone, and these are the best knives in the world. These are really, really great small blades 
that if you're interested in a small blade or you already like small knives, you should check out. So with all of those disclaimers aside and my long, long-winded intro, let's jump into the seven small EDC blades worth checking out. Number one, probably the one that surprised me the most because I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, is the CRKT Squid Compact. This thing is so cool. So if you've ever held the CRKT Squid and you had never seen the Squid Compact and you closed your eyes and someone put it in your hand, you'd be like, oh, this, this feels like a squid, only smaller. And that's, so I, I, was, I had somebody asking me about it and that's what I came to was like, hey, they nailed the squid. Like it is smaller. It definitely feels different in terms of ergonomics and you know, overall size. But this thing, like the fit and finish and the, 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 the finishing around the edges of the scales. And I mean, just ever like it, it embodies a squid. Like it, Lucas did a great job redesigning this thing and shrinking it down. It is assisted, and that's probably the one thing I was surprised by that I actually liked. Uh, but you guys can't. I'm just flicking it open like crazy. It fires out like a rocket. It's a tiny little blade. Uh, but yeah, the look and feel is very much squidly. And I, I really dig that. And so if you're a fan of the squid, but you think, hey, let me try out this tiny version. Like, this is great. The one thing I'd change about it... And when I was listening to Lucas's episode of his podcast uh, with TJ Schwartz talking about their knives, some of which we'll get to, the Squid Compact, he talked about adding this flipper tab as, you know, because it's so small. And I've been consciously trying to just use the thumb stud. And I got to say, like, I wish it didn't have a flipper, mostly because I'm just not a flipper fan. But... If this thing were uh, spring-assisted with just a thumb stud, it would be such a little... I mean, it is such a little pocket rocket, but that's probably my one complaint. It just sort of throws off the uh, the look and feel. But, but again, looking at it now, like I do get why he put the flipper on there. I think to make this a little more accessible, the flipper is necessary. And it almost serves as a bit of a choil when it's out, like a finger choil, but... Uh, all in all, like the fit, the finish, the action on it, like everything is so good. And it's such like a, it's such a perfect tiny squid. So the squid compact is the first one on this list. And I, it's such a good little blade. If you guys are into the squid or you like Lucas's designs and you, and you think you want a small knife, this is one worth checking out. Let's move on to number two. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get the other Lucas Burnley design out of the way. This is also the one that seems to fit in this group the least. It's not a bad thing, but the other Lucas Burnley design that I think is a really great small knife this is the largest one of the bunch too, is the tuna compact. Now I don't know that I've ever held or handled a tuna, but if I had never seen or handled a tuna and you handed this to me, I'd have no idea that it was the quote-unquote compact version. To me, it is a, sort of what I'd call a normal size knife. It's a 2.73-inch blade. So again, it is it is on the, the shorter side, but for the most part, like I still get a good four-finger purchase, four-finger grip around the, the, the handle itself, and the action on it is super smooth. The only thing with this one, like, I, I was trying to think of a way to describe it, and this comparison is—it might not make sense, but it's like a lander, but with more style, right? And and I hope that, that I don't mean offend you guys. Know I love the lander; it was my knife of the year last year. But the lander is a very unassuming, very plain Jane design. It's, it's and I think that's intentional. This one looks and feels it feels that same way where it's just that normal there's nothing too aggressive about it but it's just like the lines on it are just a little more stylish and it's just a great looking knife this is a knife I would get for someone 
that isn't really into knives, wants a decent knife, and, you know, might dig something with a little bit of style. I mean, this this is, it's a very sleek, very clean, very, what's the word? It's not plain. It's It's just jazzed up a little bit. And I like that. It's got like the accents around the pivot collars and the, the lanyard hole. And it's a nice, again, a nice blade size. And I, I just, I really do think uh, that Lucas nailed the, the design on this one. To me, it's, it absolutely nails the, the shrinking or proportional scaling from a regular tuna. And again, I, I think I've mentioned this. I don't know if it was on a podcast or I was talking to someone, but it, it very much like, it looks like a tuna. Like if you saw a picture of it, you go, Oh, it's tuna. He just changed up this thing just a little bit, but no, no, no. It's smaller. And for me, this is, this is almost on the larger side. I mean, it is on the larger side of what I would normally carry. I would still carry it though. I've had the chance to carry it for a few days and from a usage standpoint, it's perfect. Like there's no, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things. The only, the only thing I could probably find to nitpick about it, the blade stock up near the the spine is, it gets a little thick. Uh, but I mean, even then it's still, for the most part, it's not, I, again, I'm trying to nitpick now. I'm not actually really good at finding anything about this one that I, I don't love because it's such a well done design and Lucas really nailed it. And then when he took and shrunk it down, like it just worked so perfectly. So big fan of this one. Um, it's not assisted. It's just a thumb stud opening and it's just really well done. Like props to Lucas and the team over at CRKT for the execution here, because, you know, again, never having handled a, a the normal tuna, I'm just like, oh, it's a great knife. There's a bigger version of this. Um, it's, it's wild. I don't know what else to say about it other than I just, I really love the action on it and the lines on it are just, it's so great. Such a good job shrinking this thing down from the regular size. And, um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. The only thing that I, I say complaint, but it's not really a complaint. It's just kind of par for the course for a knife like this, 50, $60 knife. Um, as far as fit and finish goes, like the, the, the action on it's great. Centering was great right out of the box. Um, everything's very clean. The only thing, and I mentioned this on my live, but as a frame lock, there is a, 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 a not insubstantial. Is that even the right way to say that? Probably not. There is a substantial portion of this lock bar edge on the lock side scale that is very precisely machined out for the lock bar, but when it's engaged, meaning the knife is open, that edge sticks up just a little bit and it's very finely machined, but the edge is still a little sharp. And so it can create some, some discomfort when you're trying to disengage the lock or when you're really trying to get a grip on it. Um, that's just one thing I noticed. And, and, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's something as simple as, you know, just tumble it out. It, it, it may not be that simple. I don't know. Um, but that was sort of my thought. That's a little bit of a rough edge. And you can, I've got it closed now. And you can still kind of run your thumb across that lock bar and feel that sharp edge. I got to imagine as you kind of carried this and used it, it would kind of, I would imagine it would wear down a little bit. But anyways, all this to say, big fan of the Tuna Compact. I think Lucas absolutely nailed it with shrinking this one down and uh, a knife that had he not shrunken down, I never would have checked out cause it would not have, you know, checked my box of small knife. Right. So, and this is, this makes me think of another point when it comes to small knives. Like the thing that I like about designers taking a really great design and scaling it down is it opens the door for folks that, you know, again, I would have never purchased a tuna, but having, you know, this compact version, this thing is great. So it, it can certainly open the door for uh, folks that may not have been into that size or that, that size range of knife. So 
we'll leave the the tuna and we'll go on to probably the most surprising and maybe kind of at the same time the least surprising knife in this uh group of knives so if you've listened to the last couple episodes you guys know i have been obsessed with the edge and flow podcast didn't know who tj was before i started it now i'm a big fan and then i got the chance to check out the overland compact this knife blew me away right out of the gate when i was listening to the episode i had no idea what to expect no idea what it would look like wasn't really familiar with the overland i know i've heard tj talk about it with lucas on the uh, on their podcast but didn't know what to expect and then I saw it, and I'm like, oh, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, man, this thing is absolutely phenomenal. So what I love, and I I made this point to TJ. I messaged him on Instagram. I was talking, and I was like, you made this deceptively thin, but then when you open it, the body is just so wide compared to how thin it is that you don't feel like you're really giving anything up. You still get some decent bulk. So even though this is a smaller knife, it's a 2.24 inch blade, so it is small. Um, first off, let's talk. Just, just we'll just talk about the knife. So it is 2.24 inch blade. It's D2 steel. Uh, it's got a G10 scale in uh, like an OD green, um, and it's got some orange accents, but. It's, it's a frame lock, it's a thumb stud knife, and it's got this really nice blade shape. It's a good, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call this, like, a, a bit of a drop point, a bit of a sheep's foot. I don't, I don't know what you'd call this. I'm not an expert. Again, I just talk to a microphone. But this thing, like, the blade shape's great. It's got a ton of belly. And just, it was really good for like heavier cutting tasks as a small knife. But when the blade's deployed and the lock engages, I mean, if you, so even without choking up on it, I can get a pretty much a full grip on the knife itself. And it just feels a couple of hot spots just because of the clip and, and again, it being a thinner knife. But it's amazing how powerful it feels. And that sounds weird to say, but it feels like a good, solid, small work knife. And I've carried it several times since it came in. And I loved it. I loved carrying it as much as I loved it when I saw it. I'm like, oh, it's a good looking knife. And actually putting it to use. This thing is a beast. I mean, it's small, but it's so functional. And yeah, I mean, when you look at it on a tabletop, it looks wide and chonky, but... Man, when you get the blade out and you get to cutting, yes, it is thicker blade stock. I don't I don't know what the stock is. I don't know what it measures in at, but it's pretty thick all the way up. So it's not super, super slicey like some people like with a, a small knife. But I, I just feel like this is a, for those that are into small knives but want a good workhorse, the Overland Compact is the one to check out. This thing is so sweet. And I'm such a huge fan. So just rounding out the, the, these these last three, just reviewing real quickly. The CRKT Burnley Squid Compact. Super fun little flipper. Uh, no, I was going to say auto. Super fun little assisted flipper. Tiny version of the squid. The CRKT Tuna, also designed by Lucas Burnley. A great, good-looking, simple knife. Uh, great size for anyone that's not, you know, maybe they're tiny knife curious and they just want to check them out. And that's like, that'll head you down that path. And then the workhorse and just like such a killer design, the Overland Compact, big fan of this thing. And it's, it's already seen a bunch of pocket time. It's going to continue to see a bunch of pocket time because I really dig what uh, TJ was able to do with this form factor. So, Moving on, we've got one more CRKT knife in the bunch, and this is the one that I wasn't expecting. I did not ask about this knife from CRKT, and um, they sent it anyways. And when I opened the package, I thought, 
duh, I should have asked about this one. And so I was really glad that they sent it. And this is the CRKT CEO Micro Flipper. This is designed by Richard Rogers, who I've spoken about on the podcast. Never had him on here. Would love to. Um, but the the CEO is a knife that I've had in the past, and I really enjoyed. But if you've handled the CEO, you know that it is. It's kind of it's long. It's very long and skinny, and because of that, and I I want to say it's only tip up carry. I can't remember. I don't know if they changed it on the newer ones. Not important. But the micro flipper is all the same amazingness of the CEO, but in a flipper and tiny. This is a 2.21 inch blade and it is, uh, I have the version that's got the uh, blue aluminum textured scales. So super cool. Really love the finish on it. I like the blade shape. It's a Warncliffe style blade. Um, so it's a nice long, oh, they call it a, a sheep's foot. Yeah, I guess that's right. What's the difference between a Warncliffe and a sheep, sheep's foot? I don't know. I'm sure I could Google that very easily. Actually, you know what? I could just like go to the bedroom and look at my NAFS poster the sheep's foot blade is curved along the entire length of the blade. Whereas the Warncliffe blade is curved only near the tip. I don't know. It's still up in the air. Google, you've disappointed me. Okay, so they both have straight cutting edge. Okay, so sheep's foot has a parallel spine. Whereas a Warncliffe has a sloping spine. Sheep's foot have blunt tips. Warncliffe's have narrow and sharp tips. Huh. I feel like this is somewhere in between then. Jury's still out. Not important. I've wasted more of your time. Anyways, this micro flipper, such a like clean, nice design. Super, super pocketable. This thing goes great in a pouch. Um, I, I've carried it in the Garage Built Gear Mighty several times. And it just it fits perfectly. So I'm a big fan of that. And just Richard Rogers' designs in general are just... They're exciting to me. So I was a big fan of this thing when I got it. And I, like I said, I've carried it several times since. And it's just been so fun. You guys probably heard me just flipping it open over and over again. The one complaint, and I feel like this is probably... I've never owned the Flipper CEO. I always had the thumb stud. And that thing, kind of like I was saying in the beginning, like that thing is its own beast on trying to like nail deployment. Um, the downside of this being a Flipper... And it having such a rigid, straight edge, clean design. When it's deployed, there is no recess or cutout really for disengaging the liner. So the scales are that aluminum and they're they're clear up. It's not proud. Uh, I've, I've heard this phrase, so I'm going to use it and try to use it. The liner lock itself is not proud at all. Like it does not stick out. So when it's open... The liner lock is engaged. It's flush or slightly below the aluminum scales. And so for a guy like me with chubby hands, getting my thumb in there to, to move that liner out of the way, it's doable. But it's one of those things that I, don't, I can't fidget with this thing forever because it gets tiresome moving that liner out of the way, just the way that it's designed. So... um I think if he were to design it with some recess in either, you know, the, the liner or the scale or something or make the lock stick, I, I think it would really screw up the design as a whole. So it's one of those things that going into it, you just kind of got to know that's how it is and it's perfectly fine. But if you're not expecting it, it can be something to get used to. But I will say again, knowing that, this is still one, if you're a fan of small blades, you're looking to get into small blades and you want something a little dressier, you want something that's a little more modern in design just because of the straight lines, this thing is so cool. It's so fun and the blade is such a unique shape and and I, I and its bearings on such a tiny knife makes it fly out. So 
I really think they nailed this design in terms of keeping it sort of true to the original CEO or the CEO flipper. Um, and again, it being just so tiny, it's so perfect. Like it's, it's great. So huge fan of this thing as well. So we've talked about four small knives. Those are all from CRKT. I'm going to be giving away the tuna to one of you guys on my Instagram over at gearing up podcast on Instagram. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably pick one of these other ones to give away a little bit later on, but I will be doing a giveaway on the tuna after this episode goes out. So make sure you're following gearing up podcast to see the details on that. Uh, but yeah, so if you want your chance at one of these awesome knives, make sure you're following. So let's jump into knife number five. And this was actually the knife that rounded out my original list. Uh, but I made some adjustments. Then of course I got the micro flipper and added a couple, took a couple others off and, and moved some of them down to the, um, the, the uh, honorable mentions list, which we'll get to. And I won't spend near as much time on each of those. But um, I reached out to the designer of this knife and I said, hey, I'm going to talk about these. Would you mind sending me one? I will ship it back to you. I'll pay for your shipping. Like I just, I want to check it out. I want to make sure it's as cool as I think it is before I actually talk about it. He was super great. He said, check it out. Let me know when you're done with it. Uh, but I want you to be able to, to see it and hold it and feel it and use it. And that is the 4T5. I just enunciated there because it just made sense. But 45 Rio. This is a knife made, uh, designed by 45 and made by Concept Knives. And this is the first Concept Knife I've ever handled. And it's the first 45 knife design that I've ever handled. Maybe maybe one of his only ones or his only one so far. Um but I really loved this design. It was reminiscent of the McBee. It is tiny. This is by far the smallest, quaintest knife in this group. And when I got it, I noticed a couple things that I hadn't picked up on. I just didn't think about it whenever I was asking. When I was researching and looking through it, this thing doesn't have a pocket clip. And at first I thought, well, that's weird. And after talking to him, he's like, yeah, this is a this is a fifth pocket knife. This is not you know, a daily driver for most people, right? Present company excluded. Um, this is designed to be a, a smaller, throw a lanyard with a bead on it and tuck it in that little watch pocket or fifth pocket. And that made so much sense. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. As a little secondary, non-threatening, teeny tiny little cutter, this thing's great. And then I got it. And I was like, okay, how do you open it? It's a front flipper. But as I've mentioned with front flippers in the past, there's definitely like a, a groove to get in. Like you've got to find it and every knife operates a little bit differently. And the first few times I handled it, my, my hand was not used to something this, this small. That's a, don't clip that and make that a thing. That was weird. I was not expecting this to be as small as it is. And I, so I thought, okay, I got to figure this out. And there were a couple times I tried to open it and failed and a couple times where it, you know, my finger got in the way and it wouldn't, it wouldn't pop open. Um, but after a few tries, I found out, Ooh, this thing's got a sweet spot. And when you find that sweet spot, this thing becomes so fidgety and so fun. Now it is a liner lock, which I also thought was a little surprising. Again, Kind of like the pocket clip. Looking back, I'm like, well, duh, I should have noticed it. Didn't how I just didn't think about it. And looking at this now, duh, it, of course I should have known it was a liner lock. But I don't know. For some reason, I either had double detent or, you know, maybe I was just seeing the show side and it's actually a frame lock. I don't know. But the one thing that I do think he nailed on the the, the functionality and the and the form factor is the show side is recessed just a little bit. There's a little bit of a cutout. So you can get in and access that lock bar. And that makes this very, very, very easy for one-handed opening. And I I just, I can't get over it. This thing is so fidgety. Um, as soon as I package this up and send it back to him, I'm going to go and buy my own. Because I, I want this in the collection. I'm not normally a fan of Tonto blade shapes. And this is sort of a, I guess it's a Tonto. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a point there. There's definitely two separate edges. Um, 
just because they're, they can be a hassle to sharpen. Um, so that would be like the one, like, Hey, if I could change anything, um, a nice, like full belly drop point would be sick. Uh, but I really dig this knife. I like the lines. I like the form and the function and the fashion. Again, now that I've gotten used to it, this thing is so fun. And I just, I cannot stress that enough. And it's also a good little blade. Like it's got, I, I think the Tanto does lend itself to being sort of a multi-purpose, right? You've got this pointy edge where you can open packages and boxes, but you've also got a little bit of that, that belly where you can go in and do some, some deeper cutting. And I mean, just, man, I'm, I'm gushing over this knife right now pretty hard, but again, it's one of those ones that when I saw it, I, I, I've, I've followed 45 for a while and I really like his, his vibe and his designs and his artwork and his, his stickers and like even the little stuff. He's got some killer beads. He's got some killer EDC gear and pocket art. But when I saw he was putting out a knife, I'm like, ooh, ooh, okay, it's tiny. I'm in. And I just kind of slept on it. And I think that's like my, that's my one regret of this episode is that I slept on the 45 Rio. So this knife, and, and someone asked me, I had posted about it on Instagram, and someone asked me about it, and they were talking about the price. And now this is, obviously this is subject to change. So I don't want to say anything where, uh, hey, this is X number of dollars and it's always going to be that much, right? But whenever I looked at it, it was, hang on, I'm like, bear with me, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Um, because I, I don't want to get this wrong. Retail on these is high in my opinion um at 100 the msrp is 115 bucks for the one i've got it's the micarta version and that's a bit that's a bit much i i wouldn't pay that much uh for this when i can get well that's not true that's not true i would pay that much for this (laughs) let me let me rephrase this i'd have a hard time without handling it first justifying the spend without knowing for sure how it feels now hindsight knowing how this thing opens and the action and the fidgetiness and just the the overall design absolutely it's a steal so the if you go on blade hq right now when you're listening to this well of course by the time this publishes it might already be off sale you can get the black micarta version for uh, where's it at? You can get the black micarta version for sixty-five bucks. For sixty-five dollars, this thing is a no-brainer. It's M three ninety steel bowler M three ninety. See, they've got it. They've ca- they call it a drop point, but it's got that that point. That, is that is that still is that still considered a drop point? I don't know. You guys are finding out that I know less and less about knives than you thought I did every single day when you listen to this. But anyways, hear me out. For a small, this this is a, a 1.56 inch blade. It's small. And when I say it's small, I cannot stress that. It's small. So unless you're into this thing, it's not going to be for you. If you're not sure and you want to check it out, the Black Micarta for $65, bucks, I, I, 100%. Check it out. I think you're going to like it. It's one of those knives that, again, carry it for a couple of days and just kind of fidget with it and get a feel for it. I, I it, It's hard for me to fail opening it now because I've just gotten so used to it. And I've, I've found my groove with this thing. So black micarta is 65 bucks. The green micarta, for some reason, is 90 I'd prefer the green, but for the money, I think I'd go with the black one. Because that's, man, 65 bucks. That's killer. Now, I do, one thing that I do find really interesting, if you love this thing, if you get it and it is out of this world, your favorite knife ever, they've got a bunch of variations. They've got the uh, Dama Steel Blade. Uh, they've got one with Black Micarta for 90 bucks. They've got a, uh, it looks like a Dama Steel Blade and uh, titanium handles with like this wild. Uh, they call it a lightning strike finish for 140. Uh, but they've also got 
the G10 versions at 80 bucks, and they've got the full TI for 140, just plain titanium. I love that. I love that there's a bunch of different variations. Uh, to me, variations like this, it, it's just, again, especially for such a unique knife, you almost never see a unique tiny knife like this with more than one finish option. And so it's really cool to see that too. So big fan of the 45 Rio. Number one, I can't wait to see more of this style of knife and, and, and the work that he's doing. And I, I got to get one. I got to order one of these. I'm going to have to send this one back. So I'm really stoked that, uh, uh, that I got the chance to check it out. And I, I hope you guys, if you do try it out, I hope you're just as stoked on it as I am because it's such a fun knife. So that's four knives, five knives. That's five knives. Yes. Uh, the next couple I actually don't have on me, but I do want to talk about them. One I've had in the past, one I want to check out, et cetera, et cetera. So the next one on our list is the Civivi Key V. K-I-V. Key V. The Civivi Key V is easily one of my favorite tiny knives that I've ever owned. And I don't know why I got rid of it. Maybe I just had a momentary lapse in judgment. And I thought, oh, you know what? I know exactly why I got rid of it. I had the black version. And then they came out with the ivory. And I was like, oh, I want the ivory. So I sold my black one with all the intentions in the world of getting the ivory. And here we are. I still don't have the ivory. So the Kiwi is uh, a knife from Civivi designed by Ostap Hell. I think I'm saying, I hope I'm saying that right. It's 45 bucks. It is a double detent front flipper with a pocket clip. It's about as small as the 45 Rio. It's a 1.6 inch blade. And it's so fun. Again, I will warn you, it's not for everybody. And it is one of those knives that you have to handle for a little while and you have to find the sweet spot and you have to figure it out. But the Key V is so cool. It's a tiny little blade. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little blade. Tiny little flipper. Uh, it is a front flipper. And it is, again, it's something to get used to, but it is such a unique design. And it's so fidgety. And it's a double detent. Double detents are fun. Uh, they're fidgety. But originally, it was available in the black finish and then the with, with a black... I don't know you call it distress stonewashed DLC, whatever blade. And then he had a stonewashed blade with the Jade natural G10. And then later he came out with the ivory version. That's still on my wish list. You guys know I'm a sucker for ivory handles. And then later on came out with the Key V plus. This is a pseudo honorary mention. So check out the Key V plus for 45 bucks. It's a fun little flipper and it's definitely it definitely fits into that category of like tiny unique knives. The Key V Plus is a two and a half inch blade, so it's 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 significantly larger than the original, um, and it is a liner lock. So it's available in the ivory and black color combos. And then there's not a natural G10. There is just a black G10 with a stonewashed blade instead of. Um, oh, excuse me, sorry. Ivory stonewashed, black G10 and stonewashed, and then the carbon fiber. Um, and I think it's a carbon fiber G10 combo with a black blade. Anyways, the Kiwi Plus is another one that, like, if you think, man, the, the Kiwi is just, it's too tiny for me. Uh, this this Kiwi Plus is, like, a good middle ground. Like, it's a two and a half inch blade. And it's, it's still that sweet little uh, front flipper. And it's Nitro V steel. No problem there. Um, you know, good budget steel. And uh, it's 65 bucks. So... Budget-friendly, functional, very unique design, very cool, and very clean-looking. So the Key V is the sixth one on the list. The next one on the list is designed by uh, one of my favorite people in the EDC space. I've spoken about him on the podcast before. I need to get him on here. Um, but it is a Justin Koch-designed mini Corvid. So this is another one made by Concept. So if the fit and finish is anywhere close to this 45 Rio, it's got to be awesome. This is the tiniest little pocket cleaver you've ever seen. 
It's very on brand with Justin's design and his work. And I actually have one of his friction folders that's sort of this design. And I really love it. And so when I saw that he's got this mini Corvid, I thought, ooh, that's worth checking out. Now, the Corvid, just like the 45, there's a bunch of different variations. Um, but those variations are not just in finish and materials. They're also in size. He's got a few mini Corvids. He's got the M, the Corvid M, which I guess is medium. I don't know. I think that's more of like your normal size. It's a two and a half inch blade. And then he's got the Corvid XL. And this thing is a, this thing is a big old ball. It's uh, I'm trying to get it up so I can see the blade length. What's blade length? 3.55. That's just, a, that's a big blade. It's a big blade, big footprint overall. But the mini, there's a bunch of different variations of the mini, which again, I love seeing. It makes it really easy to find some some different uh, color and material combos, which I think is, is worth checking out. My favorite is probably the black titanium with black S35VN. Uh, it's super clean. And it's got like this bronzed or, or gold um, hardware. So it's, it's classic black uh, knife design and gold hardware. So it looks really cool. But it's a one and a half inch blade. It's really tiny and uh, definitely a, a good looking knife. So that is, I believe that's seven kind of eight knives, but really we'll call it seven. Let's be fair. The rest are, I'm going to go through them quickly because we've been going at this for a long while and I'm going to have to edit the hell out of this thing. The rest are honorable mentions. I'm going to go through them quickly, but I do think they're worth mentioning. So there is one fixed blade on this list and that's the OEG Pike. I have not handled this one. Going to get my hands on one eventually, but uh, Eddie from OEG, he was on the show recently just released the Pike, and it is a small fixed blade. And his idea, when I was talking to him about it, he was like, yeah, the goal is like to get something that fits in these pouches that everybody's carrying. You know, the structure and the function of a fixed blade, but it fits in the pouch. So I'm excited to check that one out. Of course, shout out to Eddie and OEG. I, I, I love what he's doing, and this thing is definitely one we're checking. I couldn't leave the fixed blade love out of the game. I had to make sure I mentioned one. So the other honorable mentions, some of these I own, some of these I just like, uh, but I'm just going to run through them. So the first one on my honorable mentions is the McBee. Again, I don't need to talk about it anymore. I've talked about it enough. The next one, the Micro Apache. Now this is a uh, Enrique Pena design. I forget who makes them off the top of my head, but man, the Micro Apache is so sick. If I could find one A in stock and B in stock at the time where I've got the funds, so I'd grab one in a heart. These things are, they're so cool looking. Uh, it's a tiny little front flipper with a bunch of traditional knife influence. Big fan of this one. Uh, I also noticed the Best Tech Tulip, pretty similar in design and, and shape and, and look of like the 45 and the Kiwi and the uh, McBee to an extent. But that was one that I saw and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Might be worth checking out. There's the Kaiser Contrail, which is a Lundquist design. There's the Civivi Circulus, the Baby Banter, which you guys know I, I talk about all the time, big fan. And the uh, the Civivi, Civivi Lumi, which is another Lundquist design. Lundquist makes some really great small knives. Um, but again, I, I know I kind of just blew through those really quickly. Apologies for that. But uh, I think we're, we're, we're at a good stopping point. So... To close it out, small knives aren't for everybody. If you know they're not your thing, none of these knives are going to work for you. If you're not sure, or you're just you, maybe you like a design and you want something smaller, these are these are going to be worth checking out. And uh, I, I'm a fan. I'm genuinely a fan of of the knives that I talked about. So uh, let me know what you guys think. If you're a small knife fan, what are you carrying? Is there anything on here that maybe have piqued your interest and you want to check out? Or uh, are you team not small blade? <laughs> I don't know. Um, just like I mentioned earlier, make sure you're following Gearing Up Podcast uh, so that you can 
have a chance at winning this uh, CRKT Tuna Compact designed by Lucas Burnley. Great knife. Uh, I'll be putting together the giveaway and getting that posted shortly after this episode uh, publishes. And yeah, that's all I've got for today. Next week, we'll have a guest. So make sure you're subscribed and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow Gearing Up Podcast on Instagram to stay in the loop and join the conversation over on our Facebook group, The Pod. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a second, leave the show a review. It really helps. I'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Peace.